All right, here we go. Let's have some fun. Definitely. Thanks, Clayton, for, for being there, man. Yeah, of course. All right. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hope you are well, Marty here. I, uh, I've, been, I've been doing well. Last few days, I, I spent on a lake in some, you know, s- somewhere deep in the woods in New Brunswick, uh, where I'm from, and uh, had no Wi-Fi, no service. It was awesome. Uh, did a lot of writing and hanging out and really like just enjoying the beautiful view on the lake with the mountains and everything. We don't have huge mountains like out west, but whatever, it's okay. <laughs> but it was a beautiful scenery. And uh, today I'm back at it. It's Monday, uh, back in the gym, back doing my thing. And on top of everything, I have the pleasure of hanging out with a couple cool people, starting with Clay, Clayton Terrio, which is a uh, great guy. I've been chatting with uh, a little back and forth by email at first and then text. Clayton has um, a condition, uh, Duchesne muscular dystrophy, and he's from Oakville, Ontario. And uh, what are you, 27, Clayton? Yeah, 27. I'll be uh, 28 in September. Very open about his disability and talking about disability in general. Uh, Has a lot of friends that have disabilities. So he's become somewhat of a voice for uh, disabled people. Um, Clayton, it's really uh, an honor to finally hang out with you. We kind of went back and forth on uh, trying to lock in a date and today worked out. So thanks for hanging out uh, in the Good Vibes room, Clayton, and uh, welcome. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's great to have you. And Clayton also has a... uh, his own, your own, you have your own podcast. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's called the uh, hot seat with cognizant clay. And I just, I just basically interview everybody who everybody and anybody who has a connection to the disabled community. I've interviewed sportscasters. Our very own Rick Mercer was actually a guest on one of them. That was very exciting. Yeah, few, no uh, few athletes, a few, uh paralympic athletes as well so it's it's been really fun it's been really cool no doubt um had you been thinking about doing a podcast for a while well it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a journey it's not too long but it's it it was just a bit of back and forth so in 20 2011 2012 i went to sheridan college here in oakville for journalism nice but I just didn't really like, I was good at it, but I didn't like all the elements of journalism. So I never really finished the program, Okay. but I gained a lot of knowledge from it. And I'm, I'm so glad I went because I lived on my own in residence there. I had PSWs coming in three times a day to help me get up, use the washroom, shower, all that stuff during the day. And so that was really good. It taught me a lot about how to live on my own, which isn't always easy when you're disabled, but there are so many resources here in Canada that, you know, I was happy, happy to do it. And, and it's good to have people coming in. So then, then I went through a little bit of a transition after that. I had a bad breakup. And then after that, I went through some like mental health issues. So I was a little bit stuck. I was just, just surviving basically. And mm-hmm. then about three years ago, I came up with it. I thought, you know what, I want to do something for the disabled community, but I don't know what. And I, 
you know, I went, I went to, I usually go to a lot of concerts and sporting events throughout the year. And I, I noticed that, you know, a lot of people just don't really get it. They'll, they'll get in my way and stuff. And it's just really hard to get around. And I thought, well, how can I open up the world to show that, you know, disabled people are people too, and we deserve rights no matter what race, what disability, whatever. But I, I figured, you know what, I got to, I got to start this. So in April when COVID hit, I was on Gary V. I don't know if you know who Gary V is. He's an entrepreneur from the States. I was on his Tea with Gary V show. Oh, really? And I asked him if he thought it was a good idea and how, how he would do it if he was in my position. And pretty much three days after that, I recorded my first episode. Now I'm at episode, I think, 29. That's cool. But yeah, I just wanted to open the world up and show how amazing the disabled community can be. And it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. After Rick Mercer, people started catching on like, oh my God, this this guy's got some pretty cool people. And then I was on CBC last month nice on their podcast day six because they thought it was just a great idea. And I personally think there's not enough disability awareness. So I'm I'm proud that I'm able to get that voice out there. Right. And hopefully people start doing it more. Right. So let's get into the disability uh, side of things uh, while we're at it. Actually, right before I do, I want to do a shout out because I'm scared I'm going to get in deep in our conversation <laughs> and I'm going to forget. So I want to shout out Val uh, from somewhere in Quebec, Canada, who sent me this. And I thought it was really special. She she sent me a handwritten, and this is like a fan, somebody that follows me, which I don't really, I mean, I thought the only fan I had was the one that I use at <laughs> night to fall asleep, but she sent me a handwritten letter and she sent me this, which is like the gorilla from the Good Vibes show. Um, so yeah, I thought it was really cool. So thank you very much, Val. It's uh, truly appreciated. And she also sent me, this book which no that's not the right one she sent me a book with the cover is exactly the same as that so thank you very much it's like a book like this that you just write your notes in so I mean it's it's appreciated it's pretty cool to have somebody uh, that appreciates the work that you do and and I guess I would call a fan to send you something cool like that Definitely in snail mail. That's a that's a nice touch nowadays. It is big time. So yeah, let's get into the disability, uh, Clayton, and uh, let's start by asking you. I'd like to ask you, like, can you explain Duchenne muscular dystrophy for the you know sort of the dummies like me uh, <laughs> when it comes to disabilities? Because I mean, there's there's a lot of them, right? I do know. Well, just to start, so muscular dystrophy is, is a gene where you 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 lack dystrophin and dystrophin is what rebuilds muscle okay. so it's not a fun one but i'm a very positive person and and it doesn't i don't let it get me down i'm alive i'm doing some great things with my podcast so it, you know and i've got a great support system so basically i've got duchenne there's about nine nine major types of muscular dystrophy and mine you know us in the disabled community don't like using the terms better or worse but it is the most severe type of muscular dystrophy and it's very progressive. So I'm missing the dystrophin gene completely, which is crazy, but I'm on uh, 
medication called the Flazacort, and that's a corticosteroid, and that keeps my muscles up a little bit. And I'm also on creatine, which a lot of the bodybuilders use to keep their muscles. So it 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 keeps the muscle mass at least protected from the progression. Right. And I was diagnosed at nine months old. I was brought home by my parents, and I would cry for about 16 hours a day, which is oh. crazy. And my mom had worked in the hospital for about eight years when I was born. And the doctor's like, it's colic. And my mom was like, no, it's not. I've never seen a kid this uncomfortable before. So I think eight months in, I went for a biopsy and the results came back for Duchenne. Okay. But my parents have always been very supportive and they don't, they've never pitied me or anything, which I, I think is great. Like I've noticed, and I'm not saying there's a right or wrong way to parent, but a lot of the people that I know that are parents of disabled people, at least in the past, pitied their children. And it's like, that's gonna, you're gonna shelter them too much and they're not gonna be aware of the real world. At 12 years old, I actually Googled my disability and it didn't even scare me because mm. my parents raised me to just, you know, roll with the punches. You're Overcome. not, yeah, and you're not gonna change it. Like it's, it's a DNA mutation and, and I get often get people saying, well, I'm sorry. Well, you don't have to say I'm sorry. You can say maybe I'm sorry you have to deal with that. But just saying I'm sorry to me is like, well, I always make the joke, well, you didn't mutate my genes, so you have nothing to be sorry for. <laughs> so yeah, so basically it's just a muscle wasting disorder and there's there's many types of it. They're all progressive, but the progression is different depending on which one you have. You never walked? No, I actually walked till I was 12 years old, actually. Yeah. Nice. So so basically you start with the dystrophin, but the gene is missing. So okay. you start as a, and you quotes around it, healthy baby, which I was healthy. I was just uncomfortable because what happens when you're a baby with this is your liver is enlarged. So your liver's too big for your your ab like whatever your abdomen your stomach area and it it just is uncomfortable throughout mm. the day and as you get older the discomfort goes away as you're a toddler but then I think at about uh, seven years old is when I noticed that I was different from my friends okay. but it never bothered me because my friends were very supportive and it, you know kids are so innocent they don't judge in high school I was judged quite a bit and I didn't really like high school but I had a support system from the teachers and when I was in grade nine grade ten I was kind of jealous of all my other friends but then as I go older I realized well I'm hanging out with the teachers who are more mature than they are anyway so I've always been around mature people so it just never bothered me to be honest you kind of learned in a different way and uh, you you kind of it probably helped you flourish and understand more um the logic behind uh having to uh having to i guess deal with with this scenario i guess i relate to it in a sense because i had five open heart surgeries as as a child so it's it's like you know when you go through something like this uh you're first of all away from the, the younger kids and often you're spending a lot of time with the adults uh, you're having to process a lot of things. So therefore, um, I think you just become a bit deeper and a bit more, I don't know, in touch with um, 
with something. I don't know. I don't even know what to call it, but just a bit more, just a little, you just feel a little deeper and, and I might be wrong, but there's something about going through an experience and going through those things that made me more sensitive, more compassionate and more understanding than some of my friends who've kind of had it easy on that side. It doesn't mean that they had it easy because everyone has their challenges. It's just in a different way. So I think when you, when it happens to you on an early scale of childhood into adulthood, I think you, you just, you learn all those aspects very early. I don't know if you'd agree, but. No, I do agree. And then the empathy definitely comes almost instinctually because you're going through all that. And, and we had chatted about Dylan before we started, like Dylan's another one loses his dad at six to suicide. And that's just a heavy blow. Yeah. And he said that he's honest about it. He was depressed for 20 years yeah. and now he's found, you know what? I've learned so much from this. Let's use that. Like, let's not ruin my life because I feel bad for myself. And a lot of people do that. A lot of able-bodied people become drug, ad drug addicts, uh, alcoholics, whatever. And it, it just, like you say, it, life isn't easy no matter what you're going through. But exactly. they just, I think a lot of able-bodied people, and I know a lot of them are just, they just don't know about the disability world because they've never experienced it. And it's, it, it's really taught me like, you know what, it's, this world isn't very accessible. And that's exactly why I opened up about it. And I think I'm more mature than most my age. A lot of people have said when I'm talking, I sound like a wise man, which I don't really fully agree with. I, I think, you know, I know I'm smart, but I don't think I'm anything perfect, but sharing the stories is definitely important. Yeah, exactly. I know what you mean, though. It's uh, I agree with that. And, and I would say you're close to being a wise man. I, I already get that feeling. Um, I think, again, going through all these experiences, you, you kind of just you get certain things about life. You just see it in a different perspective. Let's just say it that way. Yeah, without yeah, insulting, definitely. without insulting able-bodied people or people that have not have challenges. Oh, what I was gonna say earlier though was, like you in your in your situation have so many things to count your blessings for. So if you would sit there and be depressed and be, uh, you know, self, uh, how do you say that, self pity on yourself uh, because of your condition, you're you're you wouldn't be seeing what the beautiful things are because. You didn't grow up with an alcoholic father that beat you up or you didn't, you know what I mean? Like, and maybe you did, but I'm saying like in, no. <laughs> in your case, by saying you had a supportive family, all the, that is worth so much. I mean, I had a supportive family. Both my parents were there and they supported me through the, you know, the hard times of five open heart surgeries and 17 surgeries in, in all as wow. a child. But, you know, um, they were there and I could have been in that alone or I could have been perfectly healthy and had an abusive father who just beat the shit out of me. Like, which happens way more than people think. <clears throat> Scary. Yeah. So that's Scary. a story of its own. And that's a disability and an experience of their own people who have to go through that. So we kind of just had to deal with uh, a physical, you know, hook or, or a physical disability, but it's, yeah, it does play with your mental, but you learn so early to be so resilient. Definitely. And, and my parents, my parents are actually separated, but they're still great friends. 
yeah. and and that that like I don't know I can't speak for them I'm not them I, it what but it wasn't like, a lot of people think oh they just did it because you're disabled well no they just they're nice people they don't need to hate each other just because you're separated or divorced doesn't mean you have to hate that person Absolutely. now I realize there's a lot of instances of domestic abuse and maybe just really shitty things happening and yeah. okay I wouldn't like that person anymore either but yeah. you made a kid together you can't be that it can't be that bad and they they've always both supported me and to this day I need help showering and I don't like my parents do it for me I PSWs in the building I live in but my parents do it my mom and my dad help me shower yeah. they're separated whatever they haven't lived together for over 25 years but they're still good friends and and that's really helped me too really helped me realize that you know what there's no point hating anybody you don't know what they're going through and like you say able-bodied people might not know the disabled aspect but you don't know what's going on in their household or in their brain and that's the scary thing it is 100 percent, and it's so funny that you mentioned separation divorce and amicable and positive and all this and all that i am actually going through uh, a separation right now, which is an amicable separation. So it's totally doable. And uh, I'm, I'm actually documenting it on TikTok and then showing a bit of it on, on Instagram here and there glimpses. But and I'm sure you probably ran into a, a video on, on Instagram or something or a post, but basically like it's totally doable and our children come, come as the priority right now, you know? So the respect and the, the way that we're doing it is so easier for everyone it makes it so easy for everyone to just go through you know go through the motions and to actually keep the dialogue open and to discuss all that and and it's true it's real so i'm sure when your parents went through all that you could see in time with friendship and everything it's it's true it's real there's nothing wrong with that and it it, it can happen that you 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 can't and you can no longer live with that person. Like, I mean, it does happen, but you don't have to hate them, <laughs> you know? Well, it does. And even my ex-girlfriend, I don't hate her. I haven't talked to her in four or five, well, three or four years now, but why would I hate her? I had five years with her. Yeah, it was a bad breakup, but I never hated her because it's like, how do you know what the person's going through? You you can't read mine, so how do you know? Yeah. And a lot of a lot of times people think, oh, that person's a dick or a bitch if you're a woman. Sorry to use that word, but all right. you're not being a, an asshole. You're just, maybe you have something pent up in your brain that's making you act that way. I believe there's a good person inside everybody. It's just how they deal with their tribulations that really determines how they are. Yeah, and a person can get the worst out of another person if they if they know how to or if they try so you know in this instance for me and since we're just falling on relationships I mean I would say and probably Krista my wife would say that I can get the best of her she can get the best of me like in the sense of she can get the worst out of me like the worst of me she can get it out of me at times and and that doesn't mean like I'm sitting here beating her and stuff it just means that she really drills into me to the point where it's like, you know what, this, this is not worth continuing because right. this is being toxic to me by letting her do that. Or by letting myself be in this situation, I'm allowing myself to keep being in a toxic energy, which is just 
but pointless because life's way too short right so oh yeah definitely i agree wholeheartedly like i know a lot of people that get all hard done by when people do something to them it's like it's what what's the point that's them doing that it's not you choosing to make the person do that and and sometimes you just got to move away whether it's a relationship a friendship even family can do that i know a lot of people who have cut themselves off from family members because it's yeah. just not worth it mm-hmm. like you say you can get the worst out of someone you can and that is a very scary thing for a lot of people yeah we often say we hear the saying uh, pressing my buttons or you know how to push the right buttons or stuff like that so yeah for sure you can and uh, I think it's when you when you can identify that you're in a relationship with a person that you love but that it's toxic to you you just got to say okay you know I've been in this too long it's been 17 years I've been with my wife and it's been going on long enough for her and for me probably uh where where it's just toxic inside you know it's not toxic because we're fighting every day or or, but it's toxic and it's just not not healthy so it's just the best thing is to move on into something positive and remain friends and keep that respect the mutual respect that you had and that you remember that you loved this person and that you love this person you know in my scenario I still love that person but I don't it's not the same love anymore right yeah. Well, it's a mature thing to accept that. A lot of people can't accept it and they stay married their whole life and it's like they don't even like each other. And I, I just don't I just don't see how that's a thing. But at the yeah. same time, the generation I think the generation gap too, like our grand like your grandparents, my grandparents, even yeah. our parents, it was a different day and age. Mm-hmm. And you move on, you move on, you like it, it everything's different and everybody is different. Yeah. It seemed like yeah. Yeah, it seems like uh, separation these days is, is has gotten way too easy as far as the action of separating and giving up on a relationship. But when you compare it to what our parents would stay for and how long they would stay, it was almost detrimental to themselves. So it's it's which way is better? And I guess it's not for uh, for you or I to to diagnose or to figure out because I'm far from being a, a professional on that end, but yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm no marriage counselor, so I wouldn't yeah, know. Me neither, <laughs> neither. I just know that my experiences uh, with it so far throughout my life, relationships and breakups, uh, including this here one that I'm in right now, um, have always been pleasant and never been, you know, there's obviously <laughs> shitty feelings that come with separating and yeah, but uh, and hurt and all this and all this loneliness, loneliness, but the whole experience in a whole in retrospect, when I look at every experience that I've had has always been like a positive outlook and a positive outcome. So, but anyway, that's relationships and that's <laughs> good though. It's good to get into different things uh, about life because, uh, like you say, man, you're a normal guy. So people have to not only just always focus about your disability, like we can talk about life and, and different scenarios too you know and uh, I think that's one of the messages that you're trying to to put out there is that we are all just you're a very intelligent person a normal person the only thing is that visually when people see you uh, there's differences between you being in a motorized wheelchair and me being able you know what I mean exactly yeah but uh, you have a life and you have your opinions and you have you have drive and inspiration and uh, 
it, it's all, you know, that's the thing is we can talk about, about anything. And that's, that's the beauty of it. Definitely. Life, life has very many aspects to it. So I'll talk about anything and everything. I could talk all day to anybody. It's just, my mom says I talk a lot, but she never judged me for it. She just makes fun of me for it because right. my mom's pretty quiet. Okay. Like you can get her going if you get into a topic that she loves, but most of the time she doesn't have as much to say as I do or my father for that matter. Yeah. Nice. So we talked briefly uh, at the start about the isolation of quarantine or about uh, the whole COVID period and how you turn that into something positive. But how has the isolating uh, during COVID affected you as far as mental health wise, socializing and all this? Um, How, you know, how's it been, how's it been for you is, is what type of guy are you? Well, I'm a very, I'm a very, uh, what's the word, not an introvert, an extroverted person, but it hasn't really affected my mental health. I'm not going to lie. Like, like I said before, when it's this hot in the summer, I don't usually go out much anyway. A lot of disabled people get very worn down in the humid temperatures. So I'm kind of used to staying inside for weeks at a time, depending on the temperature, whatever's going on. And so mentally not so bad. I do miss my friends because I all, I, before COVID, I'd have friends over almost every day, at least for an hour or two, just to, to catch up, whatever, have a coffee together and just be on their way. But now, geez, I've probably only seen four or five friends at the most. And it's usually only one at a time because my building, we're all disabled in here. Mm-hmm. So it's not smart to have several guests, but my dad is pretty much my best friend and he's been here every day. He just wears a mask and washes his hands stays six feet away. So it's, it's been fine. Honestly, I'm not, I'm just, like I said before, sick of not seeing sports, but hockey's back in six days. So I can deal with it for a little bit longer. (laughs) It's coming quick, man. And uh, the first, uh, first game that we're going to be able to enjoy is uh, your team and my team facing each other on, uh, I guess what would have been the last game of the season. Yeah, it would have. Yeah, that's that. I think they're doing all the teams are playing the team they would have played last. So that's that's kind of cool. Are Just you excited a little tune for, up. Are you excited to get back into it and watch the playoffs? Yes, I don't. I don't know how I feel about no fans, but I'm excited. It's my favorite sport. It always has been. So I'm all for it. Any predictions? I don't know. It's hard to say because of the play-in. Twenty-four teams. It's like. Arizona could win the cup for all I know. That's why they play the games, right? So if I were to guess, though, if I were to pick a team from each conference, I'd probably say, I I think Winnipeg has a chance to go far in the West. Hmm. I don't know. I just, Winnipeg seems like a dark horse every year. And then in the East, I'd say, I mean, I want Toronto to win, but say the Capitals or the Penguins are usually two good picks. Yeah. You think, so you think the Pens are going to get through Montreal? I think so. I kind of hope not. Everyone's like, oh, you're supposed to hate the Habs or Leafs fan. They're a Canadian team. I won't cheer for them per se. I'm not going to lie, but I'm also not going to say I hope they lose. That's just mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. You, uh, you probably would have had aspirations at one point of uh, covering hockey. Doing the voice. Oh yeah, I've I always I always did when I was in college. I wrote a lot of articles about hockey. Um, 
I also, I've interviewed a few, I interviewed Steve Dangle. I don't know if you know who that is for my channel. He's a Leafs uh, YouTuber okay. that got hired by Sportsnet okay. eventually yeah. after yeah. doing all the videos. And I'm trying to get a few of the Leafs on there, but I don't think it's going to happen, especially with play coming back. Right. Could be tough. Could be tough. So what's your take on today's society in a whole, including, you know, how we deal with disabled people, but just in general, our society where we're at? Society in terms of disabled people, I think is getting way better. It, there's a movie that I recommend to anybody listening and anybody called Crip Camp on Netflix. And that's about a camp in New York in the late 60s, early 70s. And it was one of the first inclusive summer camps for disabled people. And it talks about the whole, the ADA, which is the Americans with Disabilities Act. It's only been a thing since the 90s believe it or not. And that's wow. basically saying everything should be accessible. Disabled people have rights too. And it talks about the whole human rights side of it in that movie. Like mm -hmm. the first half is the camp. Second half is about Judy Human, who is a disabled. She had polio when she was a kid and she's paralyzed because of it. And it goes through her whole battle with the government about disabled people. Right. So in terms of disabilities, it's way better though. Ever since that act was passed, Canada has one now too. It's it's definitely better, but I think COVID has shown that there's still a lot of work to be done because all the elderly people and disabled people kind of got left on the back burner. Like all the all the able people got CERB, but disabled people didn't even get uh like an extension on their ODSP at all. Oh, it's ODSP here in Ontario, Ontario Disability Savings Plan. Okay. And they, they just didn't give any extra money to disabled people. So I think that really needs to change. And society as a whole, I don't know. I, I think I was watching a video the other day and they, I think it was, wasn't Joe Rogan. He's a little controversial. I like him, but he's controversial. It was one of, one of the podcasts, I can't remember. And they were talking about how each generation has progressed. So I think in terms of progression and knowledge, we're the best we've ever been. But I also think social media is kind of ruining everybody. I don't know if you agree, but there's so much toxicity on social media. You look at the comments and it's it's visceral. Like the people just don't have a heart anymore. At mm. least it's that way. But I think we have potential as a society to do some great things, especially with science advancing, medicine, everything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you on uh, social media, especially Twitter. Twitter's bad, yeah. Twitter's really bad. And I mean, Facebook's like a grandmother now. So it's like <laughs> when you when you go on Facebook, it's like visiting your, your aunt or your grandmother, but there's still gossip and stuff like that and, and weird shit. But it's not all that interesting. Instagram, I never really got used to it, but I use it. I use it, but it's not like. It's not my go-to. Right now, TikTok for me has been like a community-based uh, social media that I find uh, has been kind of the best for me lately. I don't know. I don't know what's going to be wrong with it on the long term, but I kind of think it's okay right now. Like, my dad loves TikTok, actually. Yeah. Like my dad's 56 years old and he's got Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, which I know a lot of people do, but he is so 
intrigued by TikTok. There's so many good things on there. I'm actually going to try to join it. It's not really you do. You, you not be, really my vibe, but I feel like I could get a lot of followers and a lot be, of yeah, people to hear my message on there. Yeah, you'd be you'd be viral in no time, especially if you're candid and you're open. People are so empathetic, and and you can tap into those uh, channels of people through the algorithm in time. At first, it's weird because you'll get all the big tits and the nice asses and stuff pop up which, much. All, I mean there's nothing all wrong all with that in per se visually but at the same time <laughs> I, I kind of got annoyed at first I was like oh my god what's TikTok it's like the more ass you show the more views you get you know I'm all for women's rights and equality yeah. and and I think women are super powerful and I love it you know um, yeah, I like I like seeing the really strong women that are open about their emotions and honest because they're not afraid of people saying, oh, you're like if a woman shows emotions, a lot of people go, oh, you're crazy. No, they're not. Women are actually smarter than men in some ways oh, and men are smarter ways. than women in some ways. Yeah, I'd say more ways than men are smarter than them, though, because they just have that intuition. My mother's one of the smartest people I've ever known. Yeah. And she just knows things. And it's like, how the hell did you know that? She's like, I'm your mother. I'm like, I know, but I mean, apart from me, how do you know these things? She goes, I'm just, I'm a mother and I can sense things. And, and that's, they're definitely more powerful than that's men. That's powerful <laughs> stuff. That maternal instinct is powerful. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, technology, science, where it's going. Do you have hope? I mean, you're only 27 years old. Do you have hope in Elon Musk? Yes, I actually, I don't like, okay, here's the thing about Elon. I love the guy, but I think he's a little too pushy on his Twitter. Like, mm. he just says things that are just, come on, dude, like, keep that in your own brain. You're a billionaire with millions of followers. Just kind of keep it in, but... I've read part of his book about him and he's just such a smart guy. Yeah. I really have faith in guys like him and even Bill Gates with all of his virus work, mm -hmm. all the work he's doing with his wife, Melinda, they're like, he's just basically using all his money to try to find vaccines for COVID and all that. And, and I think people like those two are definitely, they definitely provide a lot of hope for a lot of us. Yeah. They're advancing humanity for sure. Um, what I like about Elon Musk, especially for a guy like you, is the um, the chip that he's developing for the brain. Um, I'm trying to think of the name. I talked about it on another on another show. Uh, I'll have to find it. Hang on, Neuralink. Yes, I have heard about it. It's for like, well, he originally developed it to try to help people deal with brain injuries and autism. I know that that's part of the reason why he founded it. So, so yeah. So Neuralink, I was watching, I don't know if you watched the whole episode of Elon Musk when he went on Joe Rogan, but he went twice. And the second time he, they spoke pretty in depth about Neuralink and its ca capabilities and what it's going to do and what they can do. Basically, um, if I understand right, it can actually uh, be connected to the right neurons in your brain to bring back your cognitive um, skills. So to improve or 
fully restore somebody with, in your scenario, with paralysis, muscular dystrophy. Uh, uh, yeah, but a lot of those disabilities and, and conditions where it affects your brain, like like I said a few minutes ago, autism is one of the ones that he yes. hopes to help as well, which is cra- like, it's amazing that he's using it for good because a lot of billionaires get really egotistical and don't even give any of their money away. And yeah. no offense to Apple, but Steve Jobs was a little bit of a tightwad with his money. And I, I just think, well, you have billions. What, why, why don't you donate some of it or use your skills for good? Like Bill Gates is like, I don't even want any more money from Microsoft. I've got $60 billion. I'm going to donate $30 billion of it and still not even spend it all. So I just, I love, I love Elon for that. And yes, he's a bit stupid, or maybe not stupid, but ignorant with kind of social cues because he was always a nerd. He was bullied. Like, I think he just doesn't fully get the social cues maybe as much. Yeah. And I think he just doesn't think, but at least he's using his, his knowledge for good. And I really like that. I hope he makes it to Mars in my lifetime. That would be so cool. He's so brilliant. He's so intelligent. It's almost like another degree. It don't, to me, it almost feels like he's, he's an alien. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe he's the alien in the uh, Pentagon report from the few days ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'd be awesome to be able to just move around. Or fly. Or fly. Uh, flying would be cool. But yeah, no, just b- being able to like, like I'm pretty much totally limited. Like I can play video games. I can move my hands a bit, but I'm super weak. Oh, but really? I shared an article today on Facebook. It's episode one of my podcast. His name is Chris Kyle, which is funny because it's the same name as American Sniper. His name was Chris Kyle, but mm. his nephew has Duchenne as well. And he's he was part of a clinical trial and they've basically created dystrophin for people with muscular dystrophy and they inject it and it goes right into your DNA. And he, so it's progressive. That's the main thing to remember. And he was having trouble going up the stairs, keeping up with his brother. After the clinical trial, he was able to run up the stairs, which just doesn't happen with Duchenne. And he's also able to walk two miles at like, I think he's eight or nine, which is incredible for someone with that disability because it's, and that gives me hope for sure that like if you get funding from a guy like Bill Gates, Elon Musk, Richard Branson, you give a few billion to these projects and anything's possible, really. And I think your condition um, is one that could potentially be one of those ones that could be healed or not healed, but uh, uh, basically cured. Yeah. Cured because it has to do with the muscles and the generating, generating of, of a hormone if I'm understanding right, the yeah. dystrophin is a hormone, I assume. Well, it's a gene, but it, it has hormones and, and different chemicals in it that right, help like your steroids muscles. and creatine yeah. and all that stuff. So, um, I mean, I think it, the right the right powder could maybe be you know the right the right you mix could know. be made, and oh man, that be that would save so many people and parents, you know, hard hard times like. Well, yeah, and it is a fatal disability, which people are like, oh my God, it's fatal? Well, yeah, it's, it's a muscle-wasting thing. You know, your heart's a muscle, right? Like yeah. every everything that helps you breathe, helps you use the washroom, helps you sweat, everything is a muscle. The, the muscles help your body 
basically function. And at the end of the day, yeah, it's fatal, but even if the next generation is cured, I'd be happy. Like, I don't want any other kids to go through this. Like I always used to say when I was younger, I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy and I wouldn't. Right. It's, it's not fun. But at the same time, you say the cure, if it was cured, I'd basically be stuck in the state I'm in. They wouldn't reverse it, but they would cure it. And that would mean I would stay in the same state, but you still think? potentially get stronger mm-hmm. depending on what they put in your DNA. And right. like they, they can literally manufacture genes. Like they can, like test tube babies have been a thing for a while. Mm-hmm. Basically a science lab project that makes a, a baby, which is crazy. Yeah, I know. Like all this stuff blows me away. I interviewed one of Dylan's friends, Katie, the other day, and she has spina bifida. And that's, it affects your spine. You, you have trouble walking. There's now, they can go in utero, put the mom under, open up the womb, take the sack off of the back that causes the spina bifida, and put the baby back in. And then they won't have as many complications. And that just scares me. Like, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, that's just fucking another it's wild. Yeah, it's it's great. So, you never know. Hopefully, hopefully it gets cured. I'm not holding my breath on it, but I think like whether it's space, whether it's medicine, like science is just taking off. Yeah. Big time. It, every year it seems like it's like jumped like 10 notches. Like it's really, really bouncing hard. Like in the last 20 years since, since Apple pretty much, you know, yeah, Apple, I'd say Apple and Microsoft were the two that really started this. Yeah, NASA, you know. Yeah, NASA's one, yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, and then, and then now, yeah, and then SpaceX now, with, and whatever. with all those, yeah, those new projects that have come in and that, like, revitalized NASA and that have really revitalized the scientific community, you know, it's uh, and technology, it's... It's pretty, uh, pretty awesome. What's the biggest challenge of your condition of living with your condition? Like for you, like it might be different than for you than somebody else with it, but. Well, it's hard to really, okay. At this age, I'll say this at this age, I always say it is what it is as in I can't change it. So I don't really see anything as that difficult anymore, which People are like, oh, that's so inspiring. Well, no, it's not. I'm just used to it. It's like, I'm without tooting my own horn, I think what I'm doing with my podcast is inspiring, but me being disabled is not inspiring. It's not. But the biggest challenge, I would say, is like, like whether it's going to the washroom, showering, lifting things, Like, I'd say the biggest challenge is having to have somebody to help me that's my number one because my dad's been off for two years. He separate, he didn't separate his shoulder. He, he tore the supersplenatus tendon in his shoulder right off the bone. So he's been off for two years and he's been around almost every day helping me. But when he goes back to work, it's going to be a bit of a struggle to get help with certain things. So I'd say just the physical help is my biggest challenge just having to have someone to do things for you, whether it's sit forward to, to use my urinal or, or a little bit TMI, but to, to have a poop, I have to go up in a sling and the gravity, gravity assist. So I sit, 
I sit over a bucket or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Often maybe an adult brief or, or a blue pad, which is people put down on their beds when they have incontinence issues. And I got to go up in the air to go to the washroom. But big deal. Like my friends always joke, they go, we're jealous. Like you get to hang in the air. We have to sit on a toilet. Like I've got, I do it in my room, which people sometimes think is weird, but I can't really transfer onto a chair. When I sit on a chair, I can't go to the washroom because my muscles are so weak now. But the gravity when I'm up in the air, it's called gravity assist. And it's actually a very proven practice. So I need help with that. And then showering, I got to go in my shower chair. My parents got to help. Like I can't balance myself. So they, you have to have one in front of me, one behind me to make sure I don't fall back or forwards. Gotcha. But the physical help is the hardest part. But again, it doesn't bother me. Do you get pissed off sometimes? Yes. Yes, I will admit that. Um, sometimes when I can't go to the washroom, like when I'm constipated, I get really frustrated because as you know, even as a able-bodied person, being constipated is terrible. You're in pain. You can't pass gas. You feel nauseous. Like it's terrible, but not as much anymore. I used to get way more mad and I'd cry a lot because of the steroids. Like roid rage is real. Ster- like roid rage is a real thing. P- okay. People always make the joke, oh, roid rage. It's real. Trust me. It's real. But it's funny you ask about getting mad. About three months ago, I was playing video games and I was getting super mad, like just at everything, dying in Call of Duty over and over. I kept getting pissed off. And my dad goes, why are you getting so mad? He goes, it's not worth it. And then I I turned the game off and I, I had a bit of a life chat with him. And he said, I don't know if it's our French genes because French people are very passionate, I'm sure. I think you're French, right? I am. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, you know about the passion. Oh yeah. And passion can either be love or anger. It's it's yeah. it's you either cry out of happiness or sadness or you get mad. It's it just happens. Yeah. And he goes, when I was younger, I was like you. And he goes, I don't want you to just become the crabby guy in the chair kind of thing. Like, you know, I'm not saying this to yell at you or anything. He goes, I'm saying this to teach you that I used to be that way. Right. And honestly, ever since, I haven't really gotten mad. Like yeah. at almost anything. Sometimes it just takes a little refle- moment of reflection like that. But uh, yes, I used to get way more mad than I do now. Occasionally I do. I, I have a bit of a hot streak, but not so much. I mean, it's life is life. There's no point getting mad or upset about it. Yeah. So how many people live in the building that you're in? I think just over 50 live in the building. And I think 20... 28 or 29 of us are disabled, I think. And there's all sorts, like there's cerebral palsy, people, there's some can walk, some, some can't even speak, but they're cognizant and aware. So they're able to direct their care, even though they can't talk very well. Okay. Um, and then there's like my, one, my best friend in the building, his name is John Billaway, and he's a quadriplegic from the neck down. And he is like, he was six foot four, two twenty when he was younger. He was uh, signed by the Blue Jays minor league affiliate. He played basketball and he broke his neck, and that just came to an end. And he is the most positive Zen person I've ever met. Nice. I'm not even, like he's he's always just so positive, nice. and it's self deprecation humor. We laugh at each other all the time, and that really helps. Yeah, for sure. It's another thing. Thing uh, Dylan and I talked about is is it's okay to laugh at yourself sometimes. If it's all the time, you're probably depressed, which to me means you need help. 
and I don't mean that in a negative way, but you know, you need to kind of look at yourself a little bit. Yeah. But humor, just positivity. Johnny's got it all. And, and he's really helped me. He used to be my next door neighbor until I moved down a few floors. So it was good to have him as a neighbor just to, you know, if I was ever down, I would talk to him, whatever. And, and he's great. He's one of my favorite people. Nice. Nice. What else, uh, before we wrap up here, what else are your interests, life interests? I know like gaming, you love hockey. Gaming, sports sports in general, I'll list, okay, I'll list my like top five of my three favorite subjects just to, to give a little bit of insight. So for sports, it would be hockey, golf, Formula One, basketball, and probably like skateboarding or snowboarding. I really like the extreme sports. Nice. And then, so I really like music too. Cool. I like like rap music, rock music, classic rock, classical even I'll listen to sometimes. Country I'm getting a little bit more into. I did. I never really used to like it because I thought that mainstream country was like all about trucks and drinking beer and stuff, but it's really not. It's a, it's a great genre and, and a lot of different aspects. And in terms of bands, I'd say Green Day. Sam Roberts, who is a French Canadian as well, I love him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Childish Gambino, the rapper, he's he's Donald Glover. Yep. I don't know if you know who that is the actor. From yeah, Canadian. he's he's a brilliant artist. He is, and then I gotta throw Eminem in there. And a lot a lot of people don't really Zoki. like him. He's very controversial, but he's just a genius. Yeah. And then to round that out, I'll throw in Pearl Jam. I've seen Pearl Jam five times. Nice. Sorry, three times. Billy Talent, I've seen five, but Pearl Jam. And then honorable mention is Billy Talent for sure. Nice. And then other than that, I love food. Food's one of my top things. I've I've always loved food. Um, Anything really. Anything except a few select things. I used to be really picky as a kid, but now I've kind of learned, you know what? There's every culture has different cuisine and I, I just love Mexican food, Japanese, Chinese, uh, Middle Eastern, like Indian food too. Love Indian food. Um, and then the other things are just basic movies, hanging out with friends and family. Girls. Yeah. Women. I've got a girlfriend. Her name's Alexa. Shout out to Alexa. She's got (laughs) cerebral palsy. So we're both disabled and we've learned so much from each other. And it's just, she live in the same building or? No, she lives in Oshawa, Ontario, which is about an hour away. Okay. So with COVID, it's been a little tough. Right. We see each other for the first three months of COVID. And then public transit's a little bit of a risky thing for a disabled person. So she's been getting dropped off by her mom okay. or her, her stepdad, Kieran. And then my dad picks her up sometimes. I've got a wheelchair van, so we can okay. go pick her up. Yeah. And yeah, she's great. Like she's, we're best friends first and foremost, which is good. That's good. I love that. I love that about relationships. Like you, you should be able to trust them and be their friend too. Yeah. That's what relationships are all about. Without touching on it too much and getting personal, we can't right. do some things physically. Okay. okay. It's just adapted. Right. Like you can't cuddle like a, an able-bodied couple would. You got to kind of figure out where your chairs sit and stuff and, yeah. and, like I said, best friends. We go to concerts together, hockey games, everything. She loves sports too. That's awesome. She's uh, she's a little bored by Formula One, <laughs> but 
I think a lot of women are. It's I know some women that like motorsport, but it's more of a man's thing. I think it's loud and fast things are attractive to men. So it's nice to see a car go 300 kilometers an hour. For but, sure. Yeah, it's a physical relationship. It's just not as, it's not a cliche physical relationship. Yeah, it's not as fluid, I guess. As... You kind of got to plan things no matter what it is because you have to adapt if you can't just get up out of your chair and hug the person or whatever you yeah, just gotta gotta figure it out yeah you figure it out but uh the energy speaks for itself too right between two people often like just just the energy that you can feed off of each other uh can can be uh pretty intense i assume because exactly. i mean i'm able-bodied and that energy can be very intense at times so yeah, so it's just different. Different is the word I'd use, and it it's it's been great. We've been together for two years since this May. We started dating in 2018, so cool. it's going pretty strong. COVID hasn't really, you know, we miss each other a bit more with COVID, but we've all we also realized that we're both disabled. It's not worth the risk, so yeah. we've been very careful about it. And I'm actually seeing her later this week. She's excited nice. to listen to the podcast. So nice. Well, we'll give her a, a nice hello and a big shout out. And uh, well, you already did. So that's that's awesome, though. Um, I'd like to ask you one more question, and I think it's probably the most important one because you do have a podcast that addresses disability and life in general. And I think it's important that I ask you this question is where you'd like to bring this, where would you like to bring this whole experience of podcasting and bringing light to more light to disability and in, in, in society? Uh, what are, do you have any goals or dreams or aspirations of where this is going to go? I think just, well, and I don't care how many followers I get. I'm grateful for even if I get one viewer, but I'd like it to reach as many people as possible, maybe change some perspectives of people. And just, I hope that the next generation doesn't have to face the discrimination or the something being inaccessible. I hope that, like, I'm not saying my podcast will do it, but I hope voices like mine will, will show governments and large corporations, A, to hire disabled people, because we can do just as many things as able-bodied people, we just do it differently. And sometimes it takes a little longer. And also just for governments to realize that infrastructure should all be accessible because you, like you, Marty, could fall and break your neck and be paralyzed in an hour from now. And what happens then? Like you have to make all these adjustments and everything. So I believe that all infrastructure should be accessible and all houses should be built by contractors with a ramp in the, in the garage or whatever, just like a lift to get up into the house because you don't know when it's going to happen. So those would be the three things. Reach as many people, get through to large corporations to hire us for God's sake and just infrastructure needs to be more accessible. And I think, think and hope that the next generation will be, hopefully set to not deal with the things that the past generation dealt with and what our current generation is trying to fix. Just, just remove the barriers because it's, we're people too, and we deserve rights just like everybody else. 
I would assume that it's going to continue. Uh, uh, the evolution is going to continue towards a positive outcome, um, given the sort of the data of the last 20 years, uh, the sensibility, uh, the education that's been out there, the change of mentality, the acceptance, uh, the, I mean, there's so many things that have been done and not to say that it's perfect because there's still some adjustments to make, but I would dare assume that it's only going to keep getting better um, and more, accessible to people with disabilities and of course i would hope i would only hope that that would be the outcome and i wish you uh all the success with your podcast i'm going to keep tuning into it and uh if anything if there's anything i can do to help uh by all means uh don't be afraid to reach out um and i will do my best to uh spread the word about your you know, your strength and, and your, your story and just the way that you live it in a normal way and that you, uh, accept your, uh, the way that, that you were, you were built, that you were designed and that you, uh, have a great attitude about it. So, uh, I really wish you all the, the success and, and I hope that one day we can talk about something, some sort of experiment or experience that you're going through that's uh, actually rebuilding you know your body and re, re nurturing the things that need to be nurtured in in order for you to have a bit more uh access to your you know to your strength uh, i really do hope that for you and for anybody that's uh, going through this type of uh, disability because it seems like if 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 something would be possible it would be one of these types of disabilities that would be possible to, to at least help or improve. Well, uh, my hat goes off to you and to your entire family. And uh, uh, again, just uh, great. You're a great human being, man. And, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's what I love. It's just normalizing your situation and, and keep shouting out and keep doing your work because people just need to continue hearing it and uh, realizing that there's a normalcy in, in every situation, you know, no matter what it is. So, yeah, just keep doing that. And thanks a lot. Uh, lots of love to you and your family. And uh, go Habs go, really. That's all I can say <laughs> at this point. All right, Marty. Well, you're, you're a great person, too. And keep doing what you're doing as well, because uh, hopefully people like me and you can make a difference in this crazy world. That's totally the intention. Clayton, take care of yourself. And hey, who knows? We might do it again someday. Yeah, definitely, Marty. Thanks a lot again, and uh, good luck in the playoffs. I hope I hope both our teams do something for once. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, for once. All right, thanks. Take care. Uh, much love. Take care. Yeah, Marty. you too, Marty. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.